podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Monaco, obviously, it wasn't good for him at all. Barcelona, he didn't have a good race there. Um, he needs to turn it around quickly, otherwise Max is going to be out of sight. Yo, people, welcome back to On Track GP. You already know what time it is. Time for another podcast with my man Richard. Bro, first of all, how are you doing? It is hot in um, here. Hey, I'm <laughs> sweltering. It is unbelievable. But I'm going to get my suntan ready, though. Yeah. look good for summer and everything. 100%. I mean, right now the UK is feeling like Barbados. <laughs> and we had a race over the weekend. Which is the hundredth, well, the hundredth year anniversary of um, Le Mans, twenty-four hours of Le Mans. Um, talk to me about the race and, like, kind of, obviously Ferrari won, but the other teams, like, who are the top teams in Le Mans? Who, who is expected to be up there challenging for wins, etc.? Talk me through the race. Well, it's really interesting because they've they've come along with a new regulation, a new concept, which the manufacturers have taken on really well. So mm. we've got Ferrari, Toyota, Porsche. Peugeot, uh, a few other smaller manufacturers like Glickenhaus and Van Wall, mm. uh, and a few privateers as well. So there were 18 cars, I think it was 18 cars in the top category. Uh, and then obviously because in Le Mans you have multi-class racing, so then you've got all the races going on in, in the other category. Mm. And yeah, Ferrari won, but it was incredibly close. And up to two hours, the Toyota was putting real pressure on them until there was a mistake by one of their drivers. But yeah, it's just uh, it's just an awesome event. If yeah. I can highly, highly recommend it to any motorsport fan. There was uh, incidences as well. I'm guessing the drama was mad. I need to be watching this because 24 <laughs> hours, is it feels like a dream. Yeah, it's, it's a bit wild, to be honest, because the thing with Le Mans and some of the Formula One circuits are like this, is the shape of the circuit. It's very narrow and very long. Yeah. So you can actually get weather in one part of the circuit, but it can be completely dry in the other part. Yeah. So, for example, even on the first lap, they all went, did the start, first sector was all good, all dry and everything. Thing. then they went down the two kilometers straight to the first chicane yeah. and it was wet and they're all on dry tires <laughs> and they're skidding <laughs> exactly yeah. and you know and then everybody's thinking oh when's the right time to go slicks when's the right time to go wet and then there was a monsoon in the middle of the night as well <laughs> and i tell you driving in the rain on it in the day is hard enough but driving in the rain at night is frightening mm. what, is, what is that like for a team to know that you've got to tackle 24 hours like what is the mindset? Because that's draining. Yeah. I've seen like YouTube challenges of this, like, oh, we're going to go driving for 24 hours. And obviously like you've got a team and, and you've got like maybe five people and they take it, you know, they take it in turns to kind of take a, a three hour, four hour stint, etc. But yeah. this is like, this is ridiculous. It's it's absolute hell for everyone. Because what people <laughs> don't realize is you're already completely destroyed before the race starts. Yeah. Because there's a huge, you know, you've got all of the practices and night practice in the week. So, yeah. you know, you're already kind of in, inadvertently jet lagging yourself. Yeah. And then your crew's just rebuilt the car the day before the race. So it's a <laughs> completely brand new car effectively. And then during the race, you're just surviving on pure adrenaline and caffeine. Mm. And any driver who says that they can get to sleep during the race, it's just not possible because yeah. it's noisy. The adrenaline's kicking in. And when you sleep, you have to sleep in your race suit with a radio on. And in case they call you Whoa. and say well, they need you back in the car because the conditions will suit you or whatever, yeah. then you have to be like, right, up, off you go. Wow. And you, uh, it's, it's completely wild. And, you know, before you get in the car each time, uh, the, f the first part of the race is okay. But once you get into like the midnight stuff, then you start thinking, why on earth am I doing this? <laughs> why am what's, I doing the this? what's the size of the team as well? Because obviously in Formula One, we're used to, you know, one pit crew for, for each garage. We're used to, you know, the two drivers. What's the size of a team when you're tackling 24 hours? How many people are we talking here? So you've got three drivers per car. Yeah. And um, and then in a, in a privateer team, you'll probably have 20 people. But then in one of the bigger teams like Ferrari or Peugeot, when you've got a factory team, you'll have over 100 people. 
you know, if you take into account everything from the hospitality, it's run like a Formula One operation. Yeah. I mean, uh, and you saw at the weekend, you know, Ferrari had their their president down, John Elkin. Mm. I think that was his name. Excuse me if I got that wrong. Charles Leclerc obviously came down to have a look as well. And it's literally, it's run on the same level as Formula One, just in a completely different discipline of racing. Damn. Well, this was obviously Ferrari's first win since 1965, which is mad. Yeah. Outrageous. This kind of feels a bit like <laughs> Formula One, actually. This is a, if, we had, if we had Joe Voss as well, he'd be like flinging the hat around Giovinazzi as well um, Giovanni was it Giovanazzi yeah he was uh, he was in the winning car his first Le Mans so he did a mega job Alfa Romeo driver correct and then you had uh, many people related to the Formula 1 program James Collado nearly ended up with Force India in 2014 Mm. Um, so there was very very close ties and as we said we saw Charles was there and it was his first one and he said he wants to come and have a look in the future so Leclerc wants to maybe devil into this into this do you think that will kind of happen at the end of his career do you think in Formula 1 I think it will happen at the end of his career you know uh, most of the drivers do it towards the end of their careers and we're racers we like racing cars you know whether you're in Formula 1 driver a sports car driver Indy car driver rally driver you want to race cars and you know especially when you actually see how big an event Le Mans itself is you know there were 325,000 people there over the weekend and that's just ticket for the race itself in the campsites there's nearly a million people Mm. and so the atmosphere is just electric so yeah any driver wants to do any big race have you you been to an event yourself like to as as a fan Uh, it's I I will do in the future Mm. I took to be honest, um, it's one of those things. I want to do it when I know that I can go there and really enjoy it, having yeah. been, at, you know, at the end of my career and everything like that. Yeah. And but I've have all my mates come along, well, my schoolmates, and yeah. they absolutely love it. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. You got the drivers prayed. I mean, no one can watch a race for twenty four hours nonstop. That's what right? I'm thinking. So there must be some sort it of just, time where you have to sleep. Well, it just turns. Race is still going on. <laughs> but it just turns into a massive party. Yeah, it turns into a huge party. All the campsites are completely wild. Honestly, it's really weird because there are sections you go through where it's pitch black. Yeah, and you, in the day there's spectators there, but in the night there's no lights. Yeah, and you're going through the section. All of a sudden, you'll just get a whiff of a barbecue you smell you know <laughs> at like midnight one o'clock in the morning you're thinking damn if my car Do you break- know what this feels like this feels like kind of like half racing half festival it is it is it's, it's exactly that and they have concerts going on through the night wow. and i mean like you, you think to yourself oh if i'm gonna if i'm gonna retire i want to retire here yeah i remember one cool thing in 2017 when i did it um i did a long stint in the night from 1 a.m to 4 a.m and it was a really we made up good progress and everything I was really happy with it yeah so i was going to go and get some sleep and my dad had been to one of the concerts and they have different concerts for different generations and one of them was cool in the gang yeah and normally my dad's always in the garage after i finish and this time he wasn't it's walking back to my motorhome and i just saw this big figure swaying as it was walking <laughs> towards me and i and i just spoke to my dad and he was just trying to be pretend to be sober i was yeah. just like ah oh, did you watch my stint or call in the gang you know <laughs> so no everyone enjoys it you know that's mad that that actually sounds like something i need to be going to as well because absolutely that, that's, a, that's a festival a race barbecues you're telling me yeah concerts like it feels like the the, the, the dream event really it's a me- it's a mega mega party and then if you you know at some point in the middle of the night if you want to go and see something that will shock you there's some cars doing 210 miles an hour through a forest that's mad <laughs> that's mad you know what I, i'm surprised more driver I'm, I, I'm i'm trying to see lewis hamilton going to this now L- afterwards as i well. think I, honestly lewis has already expressed an interest in really? doing it because I, I know he's expressed an interest in like acting and going into other fields as well fashion obviously we know he's big on but i didn't know he expressed expressed an interest 
interest in this. I mean, uh, the other big event, obviously, is is the Indy 500. And a lot of drivers, including myself, are quite reluctant to do that just because of the sheer danger of the event. It's a very, very dangerous event. But Le Mans is much safer. And so a lot more drivers are keen on doing it. And, you know, everyone who does it raves about how much fun they have. Yeah. What's what's so dangerous about the Indy 500? It's just the the, the sheer speed, basically. I mean, in qualifying, the average speed is about 235 miles an hour. And uh, at, the, at those speeds, you can make the cars as safe as you like, but things things can go wrong. Yeah. Whereas Le Mans, the speeds are high, but it, it's you know the safety standards are extremely high as well. Okay. And we saw a lot of big shunts over the weekend, but as far as I'm aware, all of the drivers escaped with only minor injuries as a maximum. Would you say safety-wise, they're they're ahead of F1? In no, the- I think I think anything at that t- at that level, including IndyCar, they or they're all built to a certain regulation. Okay. I mean, honestly, the crash test at Formula One and Le Mans cars have to go through you could be sat in the car and if someone shot you with a shotgun you'd be fine because the, the, <laughs> the survival cells are literally bulletproof <laughs> it's just indie car obviously you can make it as safe as you want but when something goes wrong at that speed yeah you can't fight the laws of physics yeah literally that's mad well yeah. let's go to the canadian grand prix as well because obviously there's a lot of straights here it's a fast track that means red bull right the Red Bull ring. I mean, <laughs> or no. <laughs> to be honest with Canada, yeah, on paper, but Canada's always one of those races. I don't know what this track does, yeah. but it's always a great race. It's my favourite race of the year. Really? And there's always chaos at this race. Yeah. There's always chaos. I mean, the walls are very close. It's a very attacking circuit, so the drivers are taking a lot of risk. Yeah. The weather's always a bit unpredictable as True. well at that time of year. Yeah. So, yeah, on paper, yeah, you think Red Bull are probably going to be there, but it's always a weird one, this one. Yeah, and if we're talking about taking risks, one, one driver that's not afraid to take risks is Verstappen absolutely he's leading the championship right now I was saying on on previous bits of content that it just feels like it's a matter of when not if of course with him and the championship what race if I was to ask you to predict what race what circuit do you think he could potentially wrap this up because Red Bull have won every single race I don't think that's been done in in the history of F1 either so that would be I mean there's there's only there's only one team that came close was McLaren in 1988 uh, with Senna and Prost but they didn't win every race um, that year but Red Bull are currently on track unless something happens but you know it's still a long 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 way to go and you know we still got some crazy races coming up we still got Singapore coming up we still got Suzuka coming up but realistically if things keep going the way they're going and unless Sergio can get back to winning form I think you're probably you could be looking at after the summer break sort of spa Monza time without doing the calculations in my head just yeah. predicting it you know yeah a good weekend for Mercedes as well in Barcelona absolutely um, really really happy with them I don't think it really gets any better than that to get on the podium um, in that fashion do you think this can they can continue build up some momentum obviously Total Wolf you know Lewis Hamilton is meant to be signing hopefully a new deal as well do you think they can continue this going into Canada or is this kind of just like a maybe just relax a little no, bit I think I think they can because the other thing is that you were talking about drivers who are good around Canada. Lewis is phenomenal around there. Mm. I think it's actually his most winning circuit um, mm. on the calendar. And so I think, uh, you know, and plus they will have understood their upgrades better from Barcelona. Yep. So I think they're going to have a really, really strong weekend. I think I'd have Mercedes down as dark horses. Mm. But to be honest, the other one who looks like they're going to be good as well, and he's, he's boasting about how good their upgrades are going to be, Fernando Alonso. Yep. I think uh, he's I, in love with this team right now. Exactly, I'm, he's waxing lyrical every single weekend. He's talking about how much he loves the car, loves the team, thinks they can do more, thinks yeah. they can challenge for this. And don't forget, obviously, they're probably going to make a big push for this as well because it's Stroll's home race, and of course, Stroll yeah, himself, as Lawrence Stroll, is the owner of Aston Martin, so yeah. it's indirectly it's the the team principal's first race, it's a home race as well. Yeah. Um. So I expect if they have got any upgrades, they probably made a big effort to bring them out for Canada. Yeah. So again, I think there's quite a few dark horses, and of course, we've all 
always got the unpredictability of the event as a whole. Yeah, obviously Ferrari may have won yesterday, but in F1 they're <laughs> certainly struggling. Um, it doesn't really get much worse, really, for the for these guys. I mean, Leclerc struggling, science trying to prod along and pull out results when he can, but again, just for the overall team expectation, they're nowhere near challenging and they might even drop behind Alpine if they're not careful the way that they've been moving recently yeah exactly and you know Barcelona was not a good weekend for them no. I thought science did very well in qualifying but yeah. you know hopefully I, we, we don't haven't heard much in terms of updates but hopefully they did find a problem with Charles's car in mm. Barcelona because his weekend was just woeful there yeah um Again, I, I, I can't see anything which is going to make it change overnight, if I'm perfectly honest, you know. Yeah. And obviously now that Ferrari have won Le Mans, maybe it'll put the Formula 1 team under a bit more pressure. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a maybe to try and link the two with Le Mans and obviously F1. Is there any, any info that can be shared from Le Mans to kind of oh, bring it over to Ferrari and be like, listen, guys, this is what you Absolutely. need to fix up on, etc. to kind of help the overall... A hundred percent. There's because there's there's the you know the the Le Mans cars are very bespoke cars as well. They're completely designed from scratch, mm. and so you still got the same principles of aerodynamics and stuff like that. There are different things you can do with uh, with Le Mans cars as well. Um, and then in terms of the operation, it will be, have been run like a Formula One team. So yeah, exactly. They will. Or they and to be honest, I expect there was probably a bit of a crossover during the race with the F1 staff and the sports car program. Mm. Um, so yeah, there'll definitely be some information they can get. Whether that will make a difference I don't think so but it's definitely not a bad thing for the Formula 1 team to have that mm. Is there anybody also in the midfield pack coming into this Canadian Grand Prix that you think could maybe you know level up and really grab some serious points because it's a, it's a big scrap down in midfield it for is. points right now if you can even just like we saw from Sonoda just taking a little point here and there it could be huge at the end of the season Exactly Exactly and as I said though the thing with how tight that battle is it goes back to the, the initial principles of Canada for mm -hmm. whatever reason that track just breeds great racing yeah. every year is a great race and I think it's going to be a proper battle and I think you're going to end up seeing some mistakes within the midfield mm. just because of how intense that battle is and how intense that track is Yeah. Um, um, so I think it's going to be hard, but I think someone with a lot of experience who's a bit clever, you know, I'd say a dark horse in the midfield could be someone like Bottas, mm. you know, someone who's got the experience, yep. who is very good at chilling out and can just look at the bigger picture and doesn't always, you know, push to over the limit and yep. is in control of it. I think he's one to watch. Is uh, For the rookies, obviously, Piastri, for Sargent, for De Vries as well, is this a track that they might struggle on or is this something that maybe in past other, you know, maybe F2, whether it's Formula E, would they have experience coming into this track already? No, because Mo Montreal is a semi-permanent circuit as well. Mm. So it runs through a park. So no one can actually use a circuit unless there's a race meeting on. Okay. And Formula One is the only category that races around there now. Ooh. So it's tricky because it's always very dirty at the beginning of the weekend. So it takes time to rubber up. Mm. So honestly, for the rookies, I would say this is one of the harder circuits. Okay. I think uh, I, I would be quite surprised if any of them do really well this weekend. <sighs> Oh, that's a that's a damning <laughs> statement. So there's there's a chance we might get a crash here because, like you uh, said, yeah. overcommitment, maybe going a bit too ballsy on on some of them on some of the straights or some of the corners, and the next thing you know, you're you're. The problem is there's no room for error, and the other thing with this track as well is like Monaco's got no room for error, and you yeah. have to push. But you it. know that going exactly. in because everybody knows that going into Monaco. The thing is with Canada is it kind of sucks you in. Yes, and the, the curbs are, exactly, and you <laughs> have to, you have to be aggressive there, and the curbs is actually the the Achilles heel because the curbs are very vicious and if you if you hit those curbs at the wrong angle you're just straight in the fence yeah you know we got in as i 
said the the infamous wall of champions mm. which in 1999 there were three world champions here Schumacher Villeneuve and Hill yep. um, that's on the exit of the last chicane and as I said just going back and looking at these these former Canadian Grand Prix they're always carnage mm. and it, it's always an unexpected race the longest Formula 1 race I think in, in history was there in 2011 when Jensen Button won from last place oh, on the grid mad. so it's yeah. it's always an interesting race there Jason, oh my days. You know what? When you brought, brought that up, it's only now just come into my mind how great a driver he was and what a great race that was, was as well. He was Jensen Button was unbelievable. Underrated driver. He's very, he opinion. never, he'd never really spoken about. No, exactly. I, in my opinion, he's massively underrated. He is. You know, and you actually look, he was, what he was doing even before he was world champion, you know, mm. he was doing some seriously good things. Yeah. Uh, do you think, do, why do you think that is that he's underrated? I know this is kind of going off a little bit, but. Is it is it his personality? He's quite kind of yeah. He's you know I, I've I've you know I've had he's to, not like a vettel or no, you know like a you know I've met him quite a few times and I had quite a few chats with him and he's just very very chilled out. Yeah, he's just a very mellow guy and you know he just kind of he never really gets emotional. He never really gets angry and then he keeps himself to himself. Mm. You know and I think that's why it's because there's never there's never a story around him or anything to create and he just keeps himself to himself. You know yeah. he's he's kind of like an English version of Bottas if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's where, true, yeah. whereas you see Lewis, you know, he obviously he he goes to events and stuff like that, so he's spoken about more. Yeah, you know, Max obviously can be quite controversial with some of the stuff he says, and Ferrari, there'll always be a talking point about Ferrari because it's Ferrari. Yeah, um, but Jensen just keeps himself to himself and just gets on with, or did just get on with the job. Yeah, you, obviously, talent hundred percent is always going to come into it of a world mm. champion. But do you think personality is critical for? you know, winning a world championship and just getting over that final line. When we make those comparisons maybe between, you know, Hamilton's got a little bit to him there, Verstappen, you know, Alonso had something to him, Kimi, Vettel, but then maybe like Leclerc, is he too nice? Or his science, is he too nice? Like are these, are some of these other drivers maybe just haven't got that personality I, little bit. I mean, I've... Or maybe maybe they, they do have that little edge and yeah. we just don't see it. Yeah, I think we, they haven't been in a position to see it. I've okay. actually, you know, I, I raced <laughs> against Carlos in 2010 and then I was teammates with him in 2011, 2012 for some tests and races. And Carlos definitely has that. Yeah. Definitely has that. And, mm. uh, you know, there's no question if he was in that in that fight, you know, he'd, he'd add a bit of a killer instinct to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But... I think so. I think they all have at some degree. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in they Formula be One. Like Even to get there is brutal enough. Yeah. It's just about giving them the opportunity to actually see it. Mm. And and I guess looking into the future, with we know Hamilton's coming towards the end, etc. But you've got Max. You've got you know you've got um, George Russell. You've got Science. You've got Leclerc. Mm. Can these guys? really fight on an even playing field or is this Max is kind of just a level above for you it's difficult to judge because obviously he's in the strongest car we haven't seen these guys in in the best possible car there's been a lot of issues at Ferrari Mercedes have dropped off massively do these can these guys get onto the level of Max or do you think Max is just kind of like a maybe a generational talent that's just kind of kind of on his own a little bit I mean I think Martin Brundle said something really wise on the the Spanish Grand Prix commentary is people were talking about how much the drivers get paid and everything the reality is the most valuable asset in Formula One is Adrian Newey <laughs> wherever Adrian Newey seems to go and uh, the car ends up being phenomenal yeah um, and and kudos to the drivers for being able to get into that seat but I think we're in a really good stage here for the for the first time in quite a 
while. We have a breed of some serious talent coming through who have all got great CVs, great success, um, who are going to be able to take on the next generation when your Lewis's retire, when your Fernando's retire. There's five or six guys at the minute. The guys you mentioned. Norris. Norris, exactly. Yeah. I think Piastri is going to be exceptional as well. If yeah. you look at what he did in the junior career, he won everything that he competed in in yeah. his rookie year. Yeah. Um, so I think we've got a really exciting next decade or decade and a half of talent which is coming through. Mm. I think people like Ocon, Gasly, if they yeah. ever had the chance... Um, you know, remember they were beating Max in Formula 3, or at least in, in, in Ocon's case he was. Yeah. Um, so I think we're a bit spoiled at the minute. <laughs> and I think once these guys get into a certain situation, they'll be, they'll be, we're going to have some really, really good racing. Yeah. I was hearing some talk as well last week about um, kind of Christian Horner and, and potentially they had to offer him quite a bumper deal at Red Bull to keep him yeah. there and not go to Ferrari. And, and how important is he as, as a team principal for that? I, I, I really, really rate Chris. Is he the best? Of, almost like he's more, you know, one it's, of the best of the best. It's very hard to define the best. Yeah. It's very, very hard to define the best in a team principal role um, because it's, you know, there's so many different concepts and ways of doing it. But you'd have to say there's continuous success. And the other thing which I admire about Red Bull is they've managed to keep some of their key staff um, yeah. for quite a long time. And that's quite, in motorsport, that's quite rare. Mm. And it shows that there's quite harmonious um, within the camp. Um, Especially with that stint of Mercedes dominance as well. Exactly. They didn't. Exactly. And, you know, but there's different, you, you can't, you can say the same about Toto. Though. Look, Toto led that stint of dominance. And yeah. it, I think that they're, they're all, at that level, they're all very, very good. And there's just a different philosophy to doing stuff. Mm. Do you think... Obviously, I've mentioned it before about Hamilton maybe going to Ferrari and, you know, all the great drivers seem to have driven for Ferrari. Do you think that could ever apply to like a Max or? I, I, I've, I've said this in the past. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty convinced that Max will want to go to Ferrari. Yeah. I think that he'll want to turn it back into the dominant force. Because that, that is almost like a challenge in itself, it's, isn't it? They're, they're doing exactly. so poorly at the moment. They've underperformed for so long. Exactly. That it makes you want to go there even more to create history. Because if whoever does bring home that, that championship, constructors and drivers... They're going in. They're going into the history. But it, that was, but it, that was Schumacher's legacy. Yeah, Schumacher took Ferrari, who hadn't been in a, a properly winning position mm. for ages, and he took them back and made them back into a dominant force. And we all remember Schumacher's legacy at Ferrari. We don't mm. really remember much about the championships that he won at Benetton, which, to be honest, were equally as impressive mm. because he just destroyed his teammates. So I think Max is going to be in a position where that's going to be quite an exciting challenge for him. And if he goes there and turns it into that force that Schumacher did then, you know, he, he's, he's seen in exactly the same light as Michael. And last time we spoke about Daniel Ricciardo potentially coming back into F1 with Alfa Tari if De Vries yeah. was to potentially be, be moved out as well. Is there any other team that you're seeing somebody underperforming in a car where they should be doing better this season so far? We're getting into a decent portion of the season now. Or is it still too early for you to say, OK? Uh, I think it's, I mean, you know, ob the obvious one so far is De Vries. Um, mm. You know, I'm a I'm a big fan of De Vries because A, he's my buddy and B, mm. he was a former teammate of mine. Yeah. Um, so I know how good he is. Mm. And, you know, you, you forget that. They're he, all brilliant. Absolutely. They have to be. Otherwise, they don't make it to this point. Absolutely. Sure. You forget with Nick, he was a Formula 2 champion. He was a Formula E world champion. Um, and I, I know from being directly working with him, his work ethic is second to none. Yeah. Um, but obviously, at the minute, he is underperforming. And I think he's starting to get better now. He's coming to the European season and he knows the tracks and everything like that. Um, so hopefully he improves because yeah. uh, I'd like to see it. Um, but I, you, the obvious one who kind of is standing out, um, but nothing's ever going to change, let's be honest, is Stroll. 
mm. you know, because Alonso is consistently, consistently at, at, at you know at, at the front pretty much. Yeah, and Stroll has just not lived up to the same expectations so far. Has he challenged for a podium this season? I don't think he. He, ha- he hasn't really, I felt sorry for him in Bahrain because obviously Bahrain, I think he did a phenomenal job because obviously racing with the injury, with had, the injury missing yeah. all the testing and everything. Yeah. And I think he did absolutely phenomenally there. Um, but overall, no, not really. Mm. Uh, I, not on the same level that Alonso is. And I think if they're to compete with Red Bull and obviously Mercedes, if they're to have a resurgence with the upgrades, etc. And obviously Aston Martin got their own upgrades. You need two drivers fighting on just for strategy wise exactly you, know, you need the, them close together to and be the other fighting. thing is for the teams the money comes from the constructors championship so you need those two drivers constantly performing because yep. the difference is literally tens of millions at the end of the year yeah but obviously the difference is with stroll is of course lawrence is the team owner lance's father so uh, would he ever would he ever make that move oh to, you can to, imagine to you can imagine how fun christmas dinner even would if be you if make your, that, right? even if you make your yeah <laughs> even if you because the thing is with Stro- stroll that's a problem it's not like a mazapin where he's yeah. just really poor and yeah. like you, you cannot, you cannot legislate for him being in the team. He's not like that. He is a good driver, but would he yeah. ever say, "Listen, listen, Stroll, you're gonna be reserve driver now. I'm gonna bring I, somebody." <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I mean, as I said, I think that will make some seriously political family dinners. Um, mm. But you know, the but the bottom line is on paper, he's not doing what Alonso is able to do yet. But I, I can't see, I can't see that. No, I mean, Lance has he's definitely improved. And is Ricardo a definite upgrade? Do you think? I think he is. Yeah. I think Ricardo is. I think is you know having having been in a position myself through my career where where things in life haven't I haven't felt comfortable yeah. and actually seen the direct impact they've had on my driving. Mm. I know that being in a position where you're not in a great place mentally, which is opened up about a McLaren, it does affect your performance. You just end up in this black hole thinking, why, why, why? Yeah. But you don't ever actually lose that ability that you have. And I think Ricardo's still there. And you can see Red Bull now coming out and saying that, you know, he's performing a lot better in the sim and stuff like that. So no, I think Ricardo will be will be no problem. I think another good example is look at Hulkenberg. Yeah. Hulkenberg took a small sabbatical yeah. and he's come up against Magnussen, who's very highly rated mm-hmm. and been doing a good job and has at least been his match all year. Yeah. So I think Ricardo could jump in and he'll have no problem at all. Yeah, I didn't realize that he opened up about his issues at McLaren. What what was what did he say on on that situation? He would, yeah, he would just said that you know he was he got into a position where he was slightly depressed about it. Mm. And as I say, you just get because he that. was moving from team to team quite often as well. Like exactly, was... exactly. I mean, he, I think he just uh, he kind of probably forgot how much he missed winning. Mm. And you know, he's um, and we all know what Danny's like. We all know him as the smiley fun guy in the paddock, yeah. and it's, we're starting to see that again. But we mm. weren't really seeing that at the end of his McLaren. Mm. But no, he, for me, he's definitely not lost it. He's still mm. in a really good place. Mm. Um, you know, he's still he's still at a good age. I think there's still something in him, and I think that you you know he's definitely going to be considered for some seats next year, 100. percent Yeah, I also want to speak on George for a bit as well because obviously mm. his dyna- dynamic with Lewis is quite interesting, and there was there was rumors around Twitter that were like, oh, maybe these two are not, you know, maybe they're not the closest. Maybe there is a little bit of competitiveness going on between them because Russell last season was outperforming Lewis massively, yeah. and maybe that's that dent Lewis's ego but then there is that kind of like teacher student vibe about it as well when he first came in which was you know Lewis is one of the greatest and 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 Russell's massively you know talented and and they're not really overlapping each other in terms of the time span that they're going to be driving so there shouldn't really be that rivalry how how do you see that dynamic kind of progressing because obviously Lewis is still chasing history at some point if he can and and Russell is obviously only getting better and better I think Lewis is in the position where he's very very secure Mm. I think that he the the numbers just speak for themselves and the amount of respect and once you get to a certain level you always have that self-confidence 
yeah. because you just need to go, well, look at my CV. Yeah. And, you know, it will intimidate anybody. Mm. So I think that Lewis, and I think you're seeing that with Fernando and Lance as well, when they're so secure about their own ability and what yeah. they've achieved, that they're quite chilled out um, if something like that happens because they know that they're not going to last forever. Mm. So, I, yeah, of course, they're competitive and you always want to be number one. Um, you know, George beating Lewis, of course, that's gonna it's not going to be great for him. Mm. Um, but I think there's a really good dynamic there and I don't think you really see you see too much angst or animosity like that or if they do they keep it very well hidden mm. um so no i think it works really well the other thing george went up in my estimations because there was a photo of him partying with jack grealish after the champions league <laughs> final which is always a good thing you're gonna have that. fun with jack grealish you know <laughs> came, I, I thought he would have got driver of the day last weekend in in barcelona because obviously he came through, through he the did, rankings he did quite, very, he quite did. well. I think Lewis got it in the end, didn't he? But I, I would, even as a big Lewis fan, I would have given it to George. Probably. No, he did very well last weekend and he's driving well. He's driving yeah. very, very well. And as I said before, I think one of the things which is cool about him is like, he didn't really react in a in a bad way when he had the issue with Verstappen in Baku. Yeah. I think George is going to, I think George is going to be a dark horse, but it goes back to an earlier point. We're going to have this next decade, decade so and a half. So many drivers. We've got yeah. so many good drivers. Yeah. And, you know, I just pray that all that the, the cars get in the cars. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. then we can have a serious, serious scrap yeah. against some awesome, exciting And their personalities, I think, as well. Like, I, I do obviously, because we've lost some massive personalities. Yeah. We've lost Kimmy. Yeah. You know, Daniel, we've got, you know, Lewis will be going, Vettel, we've, you know, we've got all these guys. But I think, like you said earlier, once they're put in that position, they'll come out the of The stress shell. levels <laughs> and the pressure, and it will make people start saying things, oh, I didn't realize you had that in you. Yeah, because the stakes are a lot higher now than just fighting for. Or, you know, fifth, sixth. Seventh. At the minute, they kind of got no pressure. They've got that that part where they're actually able to learn and everything. They're all like kind that. of friends, science, and exactly. Lando. And but <laughs> I, I, you know, I can promise you, you 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 saw it with Hamilton and Rosberg, yes. childhood buddies growing up, and yeah. then all of a sudden, when it gets like that, yeah. boom, that's boom. that's the end of it. Yeah. And I think we're going to see that again once they get into a position. You know, I, I one one thing which was really disappointing for me is the, the McLaren car this year, just for Lando, because yeah. I thought Lando was really starting to turn into a seriously impressive driver. Yeah. And then obviously now they've just got a car where he can't compete mm. and it's a shame because i think that you know if he was on if, he, if the car was on the same par as ferrari i think he'd be doing quite a seriously good job yeah i would love to see him in a competitive car obviously he's on a big contract at mclaren as well and it's very rare that drivers break their contracts but i do need to see him fighting yeah. for podiums that's the kind of talent that he is really he should be up there um the final thing i want to ask you is about perez who's mm. dropping down dropping down quickly yes. uh, race by race he's definitely out of the title title charge with max which is which is frustrating for me because i want i knew red bull you know at some point it all clicked with us we're like yeah red bull they're, they're gonna dominate yeah. it's really about the fight just behind them with the with the three teams and obviously even if alpine improve as well it gets even more interesting um which they've started to put some results together but but perez is really dropping off recently and just doesn't it just doesn't seem like as if he's going to be able to make a fight out of this with with max at all it's again when you get into that downward spiral it's incredibly hard to get out of it it's like a it's like a striker in football not you know going on a goal drought yeah what do i have to do yeah and i think that you know monaco obviously it wasn't good for him at all barcelona he didn't have a good race there um he needs to turn it around quickly otherwise max is going to be out of sight and it's just was it miami that he started pole 
It was my. I think it was dropped off, and and Max managed to come and yeah, still oh, yes, beat him. It was. You're right. Yeah. And that that was when it hit yeah. me. I was like, okay, yeah, this and is for, not happening. And for me, when Max did that lap that he did last week in Barcelona to get fastest lap, that yeah. would have been as a t- as a teammate, that would have been absolutely demoralising. Yeah. Because Sergio was in a position where he had to push because he was trying to battle with the Mercedes. Mm-hmm. You know, the only it's it's going to be difficult around Canada because Canada requires a lot of commitment, and if you haven't got the confidence to take it to the edge, then it's going to be very very difficult. Yeah. But again, the one thing with Canada. Canada is that it can be a chaotic race mm. and we've seen many many times over the years that anything can happen there so I haven't seen the forecast for this weekend yet but no. if it's a bit of mixed conditions you know I think it could be quite ins- exciting because you just need one error and that's it you know you can be in the fence so yeah. this could be a big make or break weekend for him but you know depending on uh, depending on how the race goes I think he could be okay but honestly I can't see him coming back if he doesn't beat Max this weekend no and and the thing is with Perez is I always feel like he's under pressure because even though very marketable obviously in, in the Mexican market as well but mm. I feel like because of his age Red Bull always just looking one eye on the future and making sure that they've got their, their team tied up for the next 10 years maybe of racing they've got Max they're just looking for their next one and if he's not performing maybe maybe there's oh. there's a there's a there's a thing over his 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 seat i mean you could say that he's he's not performing but you know if you go back to schumacher in the ferrari era you know he was delighted when he had barry kello or or irvine as his teammate because they were happy to sit there and the dynamic worked well yeah obviously they want checo to push because it motivates max and yeah you know there were times at the beginning of this year where it definitely pushed max mm. but they're in a position where they're probably still going to finish first and second in the driver's championship mm. they're still going to win the constructors championship so for red bull why do they need to change anything as yeah. long as max Max is happy. Yeah. If, you know, if all of a sudden they said to Max, hey, we're going to bring in a Lando Norris. And, mm. you know, we, we might all think that Lando is nice and friendly. And But I can tell you, <laughs> if he goes into that Red Bull, he's going to turn into I a different wanna animal. I want to see that. That's what I want to see. <laughs> but, I want to see another driver that's, that has the potential to win a title. And I feel like, come on, Christian Horner, you must be a little <laughs> bit of carnage, a little bit of chaos. Do you know what I mean? A little bit of drama. If we need the viewing figures to go up. and You'll that's see what that spectacle. Christian Horner will take some shares. Maybe in FIA in- need to have a word. Listen, <laughs> yeah. we, we're trying to make some, some money. Do you know what I mean? We're trying to entertain etc we need you to bring in a driver that wants to yeah. win the championship you'll see Horner will take some shares in Netflix and next day Lando <laughs> yeah. Norris will be signed and then he'll have Alonso <laughs> test driving yeah you know? yeah yeah that would be brilliant so I I want to see that as much as listen I, I get your point obviously Red Bull are pretty comfortable where they're at they've got their first driver their second driver there's no drama but you put a Lando or you put you know someone in that seat that that has the capabilities of going up against Max potentially for a longer period of time icing on the cake but then you have the risk of losing Max if he doesn't like it because you can bet every do you think Max would, would walk away from it because I, I would I would flip it and say Max you can't walk away from that situation because that that would show something in you like no, yo I, we're giving you competition why are you running because I think I think that he, he would still be good in that competition yeah. he would embrace it there's no question but you know, he would be if it makes his if it makes things more difficult in terms of the atmosphere, and it means that he doesn't start to enjoy it as much mm. because there's all this spitiness going on in the background. He's in the position where if he made himself available, every team, every team would find a way to every try and sign team. Yeah. The only team that I can see maybe not doing something for Mercedes. him is Mercedes. Yeah, but Ferrari will find a way to sign him. Aston Martin, they'd all find a way to sign him. No question. Do you do you, oh, you say Mercedes? But if Mercedes have the opportunity to go Max George. Would they take that over having Lewis for a couple more I, years? I don't think so. And the thing is, Lewis has got a lot going on at Mercedes more than just what's on the track. So that would be massive betrayal. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. I, honestly, I think that I think that Lewis is still 
Lewis is still exceptional and oh, he's yeah, still 100%. on par with Max. And yeah, I think yeah, if he I was in the so same too. car as Max, he would be just as much I think of a Max. So, too, yeah. so I don't think... It's just the age thing. It's just the age thing. But I don't think you need to push Lewis out while he's still performing. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. If you're looking at overachiever of the year so far based on their teammate, it's the oldest driver on the grid. Mm. So yeah, yeah the, age thing, the age thing is one thing. But the other thing I said about Lewis as well is that Mercedes have found this perfect balance where he, they let him live his life outside of the the race car yeah so he can go and do his fashion he can go do his music and he's very very happy where he is and that works perfectly for mercedes mm -hmm. so i don't think it would be in mercedes interest to to get rid of him and plus as i said i think lewis is still just on on the same level he was I think in 2021 so i think he just needs a car yeah 100 percent. well we're gonna wrap it up there brilliant conversation richard love it unbelievable just go through everything obviously we had le mans and then we've got f1 as well mixed in there as well so yeah an absolute pleasure um yeah, well, Always. I'm and looking forward to the Grand I need, Prix I need to go back now and check out the carnage that happened on Sunday because it was so hot. I was <laughs> I, I was meant to watch the under 20 World Cup. I didn't even watch that. You know, I was just fresh off the Champions League. I just thought I just need to die. It's too hot. Now I need to go back and watch that because it just seemed yeah, like it's just quite it's quite mayhem. impressive. It was it was full on. The highlights reel is worth watching. Yeah. Definitely. I don't think anybody can watch the full straight 24 hours like you said. So you must have to. How did you watch it? <laughs> I mean, I, I I just watched it. I watched it in drips and drabs. And obviously, yeah, yeah. I got a load of buddies and I'm doing a lot of work for teams yeah. who are in the race as well. So I was constantly WhatsApping people in the race finding yeah. out what was going on and yeah. stuff like that uh so i just watched trips and drabs and then saw the highlights and everything like yeah. that um but it, it, there must be people that just say right 24 hours we're gonna watch the whole thing throughout oh and absolutely a big party and everybody just uh, it is literally it's literally <laughs> just a huge watch party as i said the event is one of the most fun things you can ever go to yeah it's awesome to go to 100 well next time i need to be there guys make sure you subscribe make sure you smash up the likes to on track gp and we'll see you guys next time canadian grand prix is coming soon and the previews as well until then in a bit people Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.